What's up, guys? Welcome back to another TSP Strength Podcast. Today, we have Jordan Wessner on the podcast. Last time he did one with us, it did extremely well. And he's obviously a freak of nature, one of a kind, high jumper. Jordy, what's your what's your PR right now? 227, um, just under 7'6". Seven, 7'6". Six. Seven, six. Okay, so what I want to talk about today, which I, I just told Isaiah and Jordy this, I want to get an update on how you finished up your division one career and then hear a little bit about how training has been going, what your goals are now that you're kind of finished competing collegiately and what you want to do after that. And then the third thing I want to talk about is high jumpers and the disconnect between dunking because for some reason there is, and it makes no sense. Um, so Zay, I don't know if you had other things to talk about. We have 30 minutes, so we got to freaking actually be on it for once. <laughs> no, let's get it. Let's get it started. I think those questions are a good starting point. Sweet. So, yeah, Jordy, tell me, like, so you go to finish in Memphis, right? Go to Florida State, right? That's correct, yep. And you do the outdoor season only. Is that right? Outdoor season only, correct. I ran out of uh, eligibility indoor. About time. So. About time. It's been six years, man. (laughs) So did you get your degree? Are you done? Like, you graduated? Are you working now? What's the deal? Yep, absolutely. So uh, I did my undergrad and master's at University of Memphis, and I just did a second master's at uh, Florida State there. That's do correct. you do master's degrees? Yes, sir. Dual well, master's. Wow, he's, he is the most educated person in the room right now. I have, I have one master's degree. Combined, Isaiah, we don't have more education than he does. We have two well, John, you're, you're going to go through a PhD, right? What's that? What would you say, Jordy? Well, I said John is going to go for his PhD, correct? And I mean, when you jump as high as Isaiah, you don't need a you don't need a degree. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, isn't that the truth? Um, I would I would consider it. I thought about it. I thought about doing it at ETSU. Um, honestly, though, the tough part is that you can't coach. And so, like, if I went to ETSU, I can't own a business and coach at ETSU. Like, I can't be one of the one of the master's degree students because you're not allowed to like as an NCAA violation, you can't do that. So very, very difficult. Um, like, you know, it, that's more or less why I had to stop coaching collegiately. You know what I mean? It's like, at first it was like, okay, you're, you have a certain like radius of which you can coach people or like whatever else, or if Isaiah does it, but it just got too complicated. So I was like, I'm not even going to like play with fire like this, but, uh, so you have your degree in business you are now working. Are you working in, at home in Wisconsin? Yep, in Wisconsin, uh, Mercury Marine. So uh, I don't know if, if you've ever been on an engine. There's a, I mean, on a boat, there's a 50% chance our engines have uh, propelled it. So really? Oh, that's <laughs> yes, sir. 50% of the market share. Yep. So all right, getting into the training though. So you go to, you finish up in Memphis. How many coaches did you have in Memphis? Memphis, I went through five coaches. Um, and then, yep, I got the Florida State. Um, that would have been my sixth uh, coach there in six years. So I had a coach about every year. And uh, he actually ended up, uh, Keith Hairston, he actually ended up leaving uh, to Texas Tech the year after I graduated. So it would have been seven if I stayed another year there. <laughs> what's, your, what's like your perspective on collegiate coaching after that? Like after experiencing five to six different coaches, like what, I mean, as an athlete, are you just like F this? Like I'm just a pawn in this like, effed up game that is like these coaches trying to move up or how did yeah you- no john that's a great question actually you know coming into you know track and field in general you know i uh 
I never really thought of, you know, I thought I'd have one coach. That's what I thought going into Memphis. I was like, I'm going to have one coach. That's how it's going to be. I'm going to work with this guy for, you know, four to five years and that's going to be it. Um, after I, I didn't understand financials. I didn't understand anything, anything really going into college. Um, and then, you know, after my first coach told me what he made and I started thinking about it, it's like, well, how do you even support yourself on the, that kind of a wage, you know? Um, and then it was just the same repeating pattern from there on out, you know, just coach after coach after coach, different training perspective after different training perspective. Um, it's definitely not something I, I thought it was going to be to point blank and simple. That's correct. So in terms of like the different training, I guess, programs that you were on <clears throat> now that you've done like so many different types, what was, what was the most effective, you know, at, I guess what, what led to the biggest gains in college when, you know, like what type of program? And then now, what do you think you would have to do? Like, do you think repeating that would necessarily be like make you as successful um, in terms of improving or do you feel like you'd have to do something new or different? You know, that's another good question. Uh, I, I can't, I don't think I can answer the latter part of that question, but the where I saw personally the biggest gains um, and I've tried all my coaches had completely different training philosophies. It was really interesting. Um, you had Patrick Piles, who trained uh, two USA champions, um, Anika McPherson and Jaron Robinson, both in the high jump. Um, he had a different approach to, you know, tra training than that of uh, Matt Calling, um, who coached at Maryland for a couple of years. Now he's going for his chiropractic. But uh, the thing that I thought was the most effective ex specifically for jump training, you know, Isaiah, me and you work, I mean, we take maybe five, six steps and we're exploding off the ground. That's what we do. Um, just short explosive movements. I found you train fast, you know, you are, you will be fast. You train powerful, you are powerful. Um, so yeah, just minimizing the reps. Um, you know, there's a time and place for everything, but just doing explosive work. Um, don't, don't be doing, you know, any too much aerobic stuff and you know there's times and places where some coaches not going to call them out specifically where you know i'd be doing repeat you know 200s or 60 second runs or you know 90 second runs and uh you know as a high jumper i mean our event lasts you know i'm comparing dunking to high jump i think there there are definitely some similarity especially in one foot jumping you know in the positions that you're you're hitting um i mean our events last you know less than three four seconds you know uh, I don't need to be training 90 seconds, you know, consistently to, and those were where I saw the, the worst results whenever I had those kind of coaches training that kind of a way. So did you do those runs like later into the year? Because for me personally, those runs, honestly, they just keep me super light, which is, and they keep my hamstrings healthy. So like with that aspect, I like doing like 200s fast, like 30 seconds or faster. I'll never go slower than that. Um, you know, and then kind of like still putting in a ton of, of sprint volume, you know, and then kind of like progressing accordingly, obviously, like intensity going up, volume going down, you know, doing plyos really, I mean, for me, it's like as much as I can when I can, when I can, when I'm healthy enough to like hit them hard. Um, did you feel like that stuff helped or was it really just like any of this is like useless for you? I think there's a time and place for everything. I mean, do I think there's a time and place for a high jumper to be doing 60 second runs? Depending more on the athlete. Um, for females, like maybe... Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, for females, maybe a little bit more so. Females. <laughs> no, just just with the metabolism, testosterone, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> getting more in shape. Uh, me, just me personally, and I think you know that's where event specificity comes into play. 
I mean, you have to train every athlete differently, man. Like you can't train X athlete, like Y athlete, you know, expect the same result. So for you, it was like early season, that stuff was okay. But like, if you were doing that late into the closer to meets, you, you were at a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, there was a, you know, there was a coach where I'd be running, you know, 90 second runs in the fall. We'd break it down to 60 every month, you know, 30 seconds every month we take off and then 30 second runs. And, you know, we just stick at 30 second runs there for the, you know, going into the season. And I, I noticed my endurance and my top speed per se might've been quicker, but my acceleration was garbage. Uh, you know, I couldn't accelerate out of blocks. I couldn't push off, push out of the back end of the approach nearly as good as what I could off of, you know, the short explosive training. Had you done other stuff with it or it was like you weren't even doing acceleration and lifting at the time or were you? The lifting was higher reps, lower weight. Um, and again, I, I do believe there's a time and a place to do that. It's just uh, for power athletes, you know, an event lasting three, four seconds, I think, you know, your main focus should be on quick, explosive movements, powerful movements, not necessarily 10 sets of 10 on the, on the squat rack, right? Um, I find it weird to hear that that's what you were doing, honestly. That's a that is an over exaggeration, 100 percent, 10 sets of 10. But uh, it's not too far off, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely. And you were doing that like heading into the the season, like when you were about to compete. It was that like high rep, lower weight. The the earlier part of the season. And if it's funny because if you look at TFRs, you'll see the results. You know, TFFRS gone, TFFRS every co- every year at a different coach, right? You know, you'll see a different training program in that. I believe that was a 2018-2019 season. You'll see that my my marks were not very significant <laughs> compared to the ladder training or training after that previously, you know? Right. Yeah, that's actually, like, interesting that someone would try that with you, but maybe that wasn't their expertise. I don't know. It's pretty weird. Um, so, like, you know, after all that kind of, like, said and done, you go to – you know, I know Keith is, like, a, a good coach. You know, I've, I've – coached against him when I was at Duke uh, and he was at Florida state and he produces long jumpers like no one I've ever seen. Like it's insane. So did you feel like, you know, there were elements of, of long jump a lot of the time in your program? Was it high volume? Was it low volume? Like you don't have to like give out the X's and O's, but like generally speaking, I mean, what was kind of your Keith, your Keith, Keith did a great job of listening to the athlete. Um, Keith is an absolute genius when it comes to the weight room. Um, just absolutely incredible. Um, he peaks you at the correct time, and that's the time. You know, he, he does a great job with that. Um, in terms of, it's it's hard to say whenever you have a coach for a year. So it's hard for me to say whenever I had all the previous coaches as well, just because, you know, you jump in. And the thing with Keith was he listened to the athlete. Previous coaches, maybe not so much. Um, he said, hey, what works for you whenever I got there? And that's kind of what we did. We didn't change too much around. Um in terms of the long jump, I, I worked mostly with the long jump. You know, I was down there with uh, Isaac, um, Jeremiah, Ja'Cory, um, you know, the triple jumper. For people that don't uh, know, sorry, what are their marks? What were they jumping? Oh, geez. Uh, Isaac's gone 8, 830, 831. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Um Jeremiah just got over 806 this season. Uh, he might actually have an 810 mark. I, I'm going to say 806. I'm not. Don't don't quote me on that. Um, Decorey's high seven, and I believe he's a 1620 um, triple jumper. So I mean, just just freaks. I mean, freaks of nature. <laughs> Absolute freaks of nature for sure. Like in their own respect. Um, so like all of that together for you now, you're looking at like 
okay, I want to jump, go from 227 to, or 227, is that right? Yep, correct. 27 to 230, right? Even just that three centimeters, which seems like not a lot, but it's <laughs> yeah. like Isaiah and I say, we're like, dude, going from 48 to 48 and a quarter in your vertical would be incredible. Like if you touched. Yeah, it's <laughs> insane. It'd be great. You know, it's like at that level, you're, everyone is just so, you're so good. Like you're so well-trained, you're so fit, you know, to even jump what you jumped at 227, you had to be in tip top freaking shape. So to go 230, to go 231, even just like a couple centimeters higher, it's like, no, to repeat the 227 is like incredible. You know what I mean? To regularly exactly. that performance is insane. And obviously like, I think all three of us kind of attest to this, like anytime you're getting better, it's usually the cluster goes up first and then you have an outlier. You know, it's like, okay, I'm consistently hitting higher marks. Now my, my best is now this mark. It's an outlier, but like, I used to never hit my previous outlier and now I'm doing it all the time. And then it's like, then you hit a, a big PB or whatever. So, you know, now looking at all of that kind of like collectively, do you think like, do you think you could go 230 if, if you did a certain program or maybe it's just like you're in a different phase of life or you just kind of like, I don't know, I'm topped out genetically. Like how do you, what are you, what's kind of your lens now? Well, you know, what you said previously was, you know, the substantial quote there. It's uh, you know, you're at 227. I've, been doing this for six years now you know consistently training at a high level for six years you know go to 227 to 230 that's like you know 10 2 to 10 flat right um i mean is it possible 100 percent. i mean can you do it it, it yeah it, it's a tough question to answer i i can't say for say if i switch up my training you know if i just got on a different training i think it would be more of a technical aspect than anything you know like hey let's switch up this let's switch up that um I guess if I if I were offered to try a totally new training prep program that might work, I would definitely be open to it. <laughs> That's going to get me to 230, 100%. So, like, we wrote some general prep for you. What was your response to – I literally wrote that ground up thinking, what would Jordy enjoy doing? <laughs> I was like, no, I, I recall your uh, – what, what's the app called again that you use? Team Builder. Yeah, we use Team Builder. And I wrote out like a one – I wrote out like a three-month off-season kind of program for you, and it started with – a lot of like, I think it started with running and then like extensive plyos and then it went into, so there was like no lifting at first. Then you had one month or three, it was like three or four weeks of like a lot of lifting, like traditional, I was like, look, Jordan, this is the only month you're really gonna do heavy lifting, like make the most of it for this one month. I know you don't love doing squats to parallel, Space, right. but <laughs> so one month you're gonna do it. And then basically it got into uh, more plyos, like a lot of plyo based stuff, you know, like on the curve and like some elements that Matt Watson, who his mentor, Eric coaches, Tom Gale. So some elements of that training. And then it really got into just like doing approach work more or less, you know what I mean? Just like really jumping. Um, so general specific had different elements of everything. Like, I don't know if you remember doing all that or what your compliance was to it. I remember getting in very good shape. That's yeah. what I remember. Um, and exactly what you just said, it's, it, that's what it was for is in the off season. It was to get me in shape. I, I don't recall specifically an explosive measure to that, but we weren't doing explosive work either. Yeah. I know towards the end you went to, I think you phased into, I think you were phasing into FSU right at the end. It was like, okay, go to FSU. Good luck. Um, so I was kind of curious on what, what you ever, how you ever adapted to that. Obviously you did, that is when you dunked from behind the free throw line, actually, hilariously. I don't know if you, it was like. I, I recall, I'm was, trying to think what, that was John, that was, was that three years ago already? That might've been three years ago. 
two years ago. This two years ago. It was right at the beginning of two, COVID. Because two we years had, ago. Because the reason we did it is we did our podcast. And then the first one that you did with us, which did, again, super well. And then we, uh, what did we do after that? And then, yeah, we didn't, I wrote it for whatever. And then you went into, I think you went into FSU. I think that's pretty much what it was. It was, it was like COVID. You were like off. You didn't, I don't even know if you knew you were going to go to FSU at that point. Um, right. Oh, that, yes. Okay. Okay. Um, it's bringing back now. No, T, THP works, man. Um, and this isn't, this isn't, I'm, they're not paying me to say this, trust me. So <laughs> I'm not getting paid to say this, guys. Uh, no, THP 100% works. If, if you stick to the program, you're going to respond to the program. Um, John and Isaiah know what they're doing when it comes to that. Um, I, I do recall now that was, yeah, it's two years ago. I don't have the best memory. <laughs> but uh, that, that is when I first jumped from the free throw line. You are correct. Um, and I was be, I was behind the free throw line as well. That was that was one of my better We're jumps. Really <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that was a that was a good one, man. <laughs> so yeah, so you this is kind of how you you worked over the last five or six years coming to this different stage of life. Now you're more or less like, where are your priorities? Are you really just like trying to dunk more or less? Are you ever going to compete again? Like, what do you care at all? Or are you just going to box? Like, what what's your mindset like right now? My goal is specifically more dunking now. Um, I'm trying to become a little bit more like Isaiah, a little bit more acrobatical um, in the sense of that. But that's that's not really my game. I'm just trying to go for the big, long dunks. Um, I'd like to just dunk as far as I can. That's that's my new goal. That's what I set in the uh, in the indoor season. I'm definitely going to ramp back up, do some indoor high jump um, in 2023, um, 2020. Yeah, that season. Um, in terms of high jump specifically. It's just, uh, you know, track and field, that's a whole nother podcast. Track and field is a very tough sport, I think, from a financial and rewarding aspect. Um, Do you like dunking more than high jump? A hundred percent. That's hands down. Um, it's, it's a lot more applicable, you know, because I'll go to the gym and there's 10, 15 different dudes there. And, you know, we're all having a great time just trying to dunk, you know, just throwing down dunks, that kind of stuff. You know, you go to the high jump and you're there alone. Um, you're on the high jump apron alone. Nobody's nobody really understands the sport. You know, I'm over there in practice, you know, jumping 214, 215, and it's you got just people walking past, not really understand. Like they're like, wow, it's a pretty tall bar, but they just don't understand the sport. They don't understand how high that actually is. Yeah, yeah. You know, you at meets, you know, you're attempting 225, 224 bars, and people just, you know, hey, it's pretty cool. But you know, you go you go do a simple dunk, and it's like people are blown away by it. You know. <laughs> People don't care at meets when you're jumping to over 220. They don't give a rip. Oh man, there's been meets where yeah, you're jumping 220, 223, and it's like yeah, you get you know you get people watching, but it's like like I said, you get you know a group of guys in the gym and you're jumping from the free throw line. I mean that's more hype than it is me jumping 220. You know that's that's that just like, you know, like I, I think of something like dunk camp where I'm trying to touch like 12 on the vertex or something like that, and like everybody's like getting really hype, and I can't yeah. imagine trying to touch vertex with like everybody just like <laughs> <laughs> no man that's just the exact same concept you just hit the nail right on the head that that's how it feels you know you're out here and it, 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 it yeah exactly man you're just doing the same movement I, I understand where people are coming from but they just don't it just there's just no i don't want to say there's no respect there it's just people just don't understand what's happening i think that's the bottom line i'm literally such a nerd about it so like for me it's i love seeing high jump like good high jump like if i see someone jump over seven i'm like what the like that is like yeah. this is mind-blowing because i get it you know what i mean and i'm like holy holy shit like that's unbelievable and i think it's like such an art to it you know what i mean it looks almost like 
majestic not to be woo woo but like dude <laughs> crazy you know and like you see a lot of crazy speed jumpers and like trying it myself knowing how hard it is it's like wow this is insane but you know i having been dunking more in the last two years more or less since i got here you know what i mean and, and prioritizing that like i've slowly but surely realized the same thing i'm like people like watching dunking more than high jump which to me is like mind-blowing i walk into a gym i do a basic one-hander people are like wow that kid he got a little bit of bounce <laughs> like, wow, like, there are literally people who jump infinitely higher than i do like you know when i think about high jump i'm not a good high jumper i will flat out say that i'm not but when it comes to dunking i'm getting pretty good i would say like when i east bay i'll be really good i would say like i'm really good at that point um so it's like interesting for me to hear you know something that i view as like in another stratosphere of one foot jumping you know these high jumpers you know and then like you you sharing that to me is it's like what like i never understood why people stopped high jumping because i love it i think it's so much fun you know um like i wouldn't have stopped had i been able to like rotate around the bar normally but i never feel like i got to a point where i was hitting my like potential you know what i mean i'm like dude my verticals and this brings us into the next topic that i want to talk about i'm like dude my verticals like 40 inches i can touch 11 3 11 4 you know and i see these guys that can't even dunk that are jumping 6 10 6 11 you know almost seven feet i'm like how does this make any sense i jump 6 6 they're jumping five inches higher than me but they can't dunk a basketball and i can almost put my elbow in the rim i'm like what yeah no oh. it, it really it really is weird i mean but i would like to get isaiah's perspective on high jump itself i mean he's the isaiah now you you've never done high jump correct he has oh, i have actually you have okay yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah my, my story with high jump, first time I ever tried it was in eighth grade. Uh, we had like this like school-wide like track meet and um, I got to practice high jump like in, in PE class. And <laughs> I think I was jumping, I think I was jumping like 5'4 or something like that, or like 5'3. Great, great, all things considered. <laughs> yeah, I was also, I was also like, like five five i think at the time or five four yeah five five um but tried it tried it there um that's also when i first started getting knee pain like like uh in eighth grade um i remember my knee hurting a lot after the the meet um but i tried it then and then the next time i tried it was my senior year in high school i tried to east bay during basketball practice almost hit it the track coach was in there and then he just started begging me to like get like get on the track team <laughs> jump um and then i was like nah, i was i was so tired of like uh high school sports at the time I, I just wanted to dunk um and then he literally told me he's like oh like you can just show up to the meets like um like that that's that's all you got to do it's okay so i went to the meet and i was originally only going to long jump and triple jump but they needed a high jumper there. And I was like, screw it. Like, I'll, I'll try it. I hadn't tried it in five years. Um, but I went. The coach gave me, like, a technique rundown. Um, and I actually ended up jumping 6'2 uh, during during that meet. Uh, that's pretty good, dude. What yeah, grade is this? This is my senior year. I was, I was 17. That's pretty good, man. Like, yeah. just for going out and doing it, actually, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's um, incredible. Yeah, what, what did you say, John? I said for having never, ever jumped, going 6-2 the first day out, like, I don't know. It kind of uh, makes sense to me because I'm like, I know how freaky you are as an athlete. I'm like, yeah, I'm not uh, really. I was actually, I was really good, um, 
like I had good technique over the bar. Like the like arching over the bar was like very like intuitive for me. Whereas like a lot of people like struggle with that. Um, but yeah, I tried like tried it then, and then that was that was the last time I ever ever tried it. Then. That was the last time, really. Yeah, it's yeah. Amazing. But now you you were naturally a two foot jumper, or could you go off one? You know, I was I was dunking off one foot. Like I could. At the time, I think I, I windmilled. I was windmilling off off one foot. Um, my my one foot and two foot were actually always like really close to each other. But I, I after that I stopped going off one because of knee pain, and then that's when my two foot just like surpassed my one. But my one foot and two foot were always really close to each other. That's super interesting, man. Yeah. I don't I don't see a lot of people who can jump off one and two feet. It's very rare that I see that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Austin. <laughs> Isaiah still can, Mike. I mean, he'll he'll do two. You just posted a video where you did a two-hander in-game, like off one in traffic. Like you definitely can jump off one easily, and it's like kind of common. Like Jordan Kilgannon can East Bay off one. He can windmill off one. Oh, he can a lot of dunkers started as one foot jump. Like a lot of two foot dunkers started off as as one foot jumpers. Like Jordan Kilgannon was a one foot jumper. I think Lee Peck. He he was like a one foot jumper back back in the day. Yeah, like there there's some videos of him like reverse windmilling and stuff off one. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's it's I don't know, it's weird. And then they usually convert like at, at some point. That's so, incredible. Huh. So here's the here's the bigger question: Why is there such a discrepancy? Like I I am the reverse. I'm much better. I would say even Isaiah's maybe the reverse. Way better at dunking than we are at high jump. And I dedicated. A large portion of my time to high jump you know isaiah you didn't really so like who knows maybe it was more intuitive maybe it wasn't but jordy like what do you think like i've been thinking a lot about it and part of it for me is like maybe arm length is like somewhat of a role like if you have long arms it is not conducive to high jumping well because if you see a lot of high jumpers they don't have super long arms like mutaz does but if you look at like ivan yuck the russian guy he doesn't good example yeah, if you look at, I don't even think, like, I wouldn't even say uh, Yukov even necessarily had, wait, you, is that right? The, Yukov. Yeah, I didn't, wouldn't even say his arms were super long. They were longer. Mutaz is, like, no upper body mass, and his hips are super high. Like, I think his hips are higher and his torso is shorter relative to, like, some. Oh, man, I would love to see a picture of that guy wearing, like, khakis and with a shirt tucked in. I bet he doesn't have a torso. Like his leg, his legs are so long. Yeah, it's got a. It would be interesting to see that, honestly. <laughs> I think I think that plays a little bit of a role. It's like dunking, you can get away with having slightly shorter legs and longer arms. And I think in high jump, you you can't. Like I don't think you can be a great high jumper without having longer legs and shorter arms, or relatively a short torso and longer legs, unless you are like Yannick or Stephen Holmes, or those guys that are, like, in a different stratosphere. But even then, yeah. I've never seen Yannick dunk. I've never seen Steph, like, ever. I've never seen him dunk. It's weird. But but I, I guess my only – okay, so, like, what about – what would you say about, like, Derek Druin then? You know, long, lanky. Eric Kennard, long, lanky. Yeah, Javon Harrison, you know, like, long, lanky, armed. I, I still think, like, I think Derek – so I, I think, uh, like, if you were to compare me to them – I think that my arms, my ape index would be greater than theirs. I think my arms would be longer, my torso would be longer, and my legs would be shorter in comparison. I think, like, that plays a little bit of a role. And I'm not saying that's everything. I, I don't think that, like, it fully explains it.
But I do think it explains a little bit of the discrepancy. And then I think the second part of it, which I told Isaiah, I think that, and you've told me this, high jump and dunking are just, they're they're different and they feel different. Like good high jumping does not feel like good dunking, but I guess I want to hear your lens. Like, what do you think about that statement? I mean, they're, they're two completely different things. Um, one guy I talked to actually really in depth was years ago. And I, I don't know. Actually, I'm curious. Isaiah, do you know who Jim Dilling is? I do actually. You know Jim Dilling. He has the old, the old like dunking video. He's jumped from the free throw line and stuff. Yes, like that. dude's incredible, man. Like he was, he's an alien. Jim yeah. was an alien, man. He, uh, I'm not gonna say he was a great dunker, but I mean his dunking was, I think, far superior to his high jump. I mean, I think he went 228 one time, you know, or maybe he might have been a 230 guy one time, but his average is probably around mine, you know, maybe like a 223, 222 average. Um, and, you know, I remember we discussed this once and, you know, point blank and simple, the best way you said it is that, you know, they're, they're two different, they're both arts in their own respect. Um, I would go a little bit more in depth on it. Well, I mean, A, most of your elite dunkers, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here, this is your guys' world specifically, most of your elite dunkers are going off two feet to begin with, correct? Most. Yeah, basically, like, at the elite level, it's like 90%, maybe maybe more than 90. Sutherland yeah. it. Yeah. It jumps stupidly high, I would say, like, Sutherland. You know, Smooth, Smooth's good, don't get me wrong, if he's listening to this. He's a, a great dunker, but he does not jump as high as Sutherland. Yeah, and yeah. Gee, Gee was the only other guy. And, and Gee did the same three or four, like, dunks in contests off one, because he'd add distance and jump over people. But, like, in terms of trick dunks, like, he could do way more off two. Like, he's not doing a 360 between the legs off one, I don't think, right? I don't think so. Put it put it this way, it's like compare the dunkers that you see on Instagram. It doesn't have to be an elite like like pro dunker, but like the guys you see dunking on Instagram that have like a a forty six plus inch vertical is very it's like it's very polarizing. It's all like two foot, mostly two foot guys. I I think that's where we need to start with this. Is I mean most dunkers are going off two feet, right? A high jump, you have to go off one foot. Um, I mean, I think we could talk all day, you know, about that alone. You know, I'm coming off two feet for me. It's I can't jump. I mean, I might have maybe you know maximum vertical off two feet, right? Um, and you see that with a lot of jumpers. I know Eric Kennard's standing vertical is 34 inches. You know, it's it's not very impressive. Um, you you take guys like Stefan Holm. I mean, we have a standing vertical of I don't even think the dude hit 30 inches, but you know his running vertical was insane. Um, and then it comes to a balance perspective. So off two feet and Isaiah, I want you to speak on this specifically off two feet. I mean, versus one, cause you can do both. I mean, tell me the difference. What's Cause I don't really know what it feels like to come off powerfully off two feet versus one. I off one personally, I feel like I don't have any balance to do anything cool. <laughs> That's how you feel is how I feel about one foot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> like it's like, cause I, I mean, I do have. Like, uh, I can I can do dunks off one foot, but it's so much different. Like, like like two feet, I feel like I can. It's just way more effortless for me. That's how I can describe it. Like one foot, like I feel like I'm I'm just capped. Like I'm like I have like a weight vest on me or something like that. Um, which I imagine that's how it feels for one foot guys that can jump off two two feet. Like. Yeah, my issue is, like I said, off two feet, I feel like I'm way more balanced. I feel like I could do way cooler dunks. I just don't have the power to do that. 
um, versus one foot. I mean, I'm just off the ground so quick. And I feel like, and I, that's another point I want John to talk on in a second, but I feel like I don't have balance to do anything cool in the air off of one foot. And I, I think, I don't know, John, tell me if I think this is more of a question for John, but is that to do with the ground contact times with, you know, one foot versus two foot? So that's like the other thing I was going to say is I think that the other piece of this is that, and I've told this to Isaiah, high jump turns into gymnastics at a really high level. It's not, it's not uh, jumping vertically anymore. Like if you see Ilya Ivanyuk go to touch 12 feet, you look at his vertical and it equates to roughly 50. And if you talk to Thomas Kornbeck, he'll say, oh yeah, you can do your standing, you know, approach jump and, and, you know, jump and touch and you can subtract your standing reach and you can roughly get, what you will high jump um but like a lot of the time that's interesting i say that again so he said that if you look at your you take your center of mass height mm-hmm. look at what your running touches like you run and you touch yeah. a, like your max touch and you get your vertical you can add your vertical to your center of mass and it will roughly be what your high jump pr is so super aggressive if yours is 53 how tall are you six three Six three, right? So you multiply seventy five inches. You multiply that by 0.53. That's thirty nine point seven five inches. So your center of mass is roughly fifty three percent of your standing height. Not perfect, but pretty close. And what vertical? About forty four. What have you touched, like uh, in a in a vertical touch test? Oh geez, I don't even know if it's. Do you think you could touch if you worked on it? Maybe maybe eleven seven. I'm gonna say. There's no way. Man, I'm telling you, it it was incredible, dude. Like I couldn't Actually, touch anything. A, a better, I think, a better way to do it is how high above the rim do you think you could get your head? On ten feet. Yeah. See, but me and John had this debate the other day. <laughs> Perfect, but we can subtract two inches and it'll get close. I agree. Really, I agree. Okay. What's the math, Isaiah? It's, is it how many inches? I, it, it's, I think it's three below your. Like if you can touch your head to the rim on a vertex. It would be like three inches less than that on your vertical. Okay. Yeah. So about an inch over the rim. So what does that put me? About 46 inches, 45, 45, 46 inches. Because I have not, I have knocked foam rollers off on a 10, you know, on a legit 10 foot rim, you know. That on 10 feet a number of times. I would, I've seen you get your eyes to a 10 foot rim, I feel like. Yeah. Pretty close. It's close. But let's just say that that's like four inches. So, you know, you get, uh, so 48, it's, Minus, yeah, so like 45, 44, 45. Um, so we'll do 39 plus 45. Okay, that puts us at 84.75. I divided by 12. It's 7.06. So 0. 0.06 times uh, times 12. 0. 0.06 times 12. That's 0. 0.72. That puts you at like 7.1. Um, that's roughly what it estimates. Like the vertical, the vert test, the one I just said, it would estimate... Your, that's interesting. At seven. That's pretty. I mean, that's surprisingly close. You know, I mean, you've jumped seven, seven five, just under seven. Yeah. So this is where I think the discrepancy comes in because if you do it with Ilya Ivanyak and you look at these people that have done it on a running test, okay, I think that you rotate, you flip. So I think when you're running that fast and you're that powerful and you can amortize that quickly, and CJ does this too, your body flips in the air, dude. Like you pivot over your foot. You know, it's like a braking mechanism. Yep. Imagine we're standing on the back of a bus facing out the door and you just jumped off. Like if you hit the floor, 
you would have like a hinge moment, right? Because you're moving the speed of the bus. If you hopped off, you're still moving the speed of the bus. You hit the floor, the floor is moving zero meters per second. You're gonna like eat shit. Um, imagine <laughs> if on a treadmill, you know, moving the other direction, you would hit the ground, oh, right? right? So I think it's the same way, right? Like if you, you know, are in high jump and you're running that fast and you're and you're planting your foot that quickly and generating vertical force, the same thing that lets you rotate over the bar and makes a good clearance right, is the same thing that also lets you generate lift. So I think when you plant that quickly, you will, you have to flip. I don't think there's a way for you to not flip. The only way that you could stop yourself from flipping is by leaning back more, right, because that would kind of function as like a counter to the generation of rotation, right? So I think that what happens is in a vertex, guys can't get into a position to, to hit their peak vertical because they'd be laying super far backwards i think they'd be like literally you feel like you don't have control in the air right when you dunk yeah that's, that's yep 100 get off balance because yeah. you're yeah you're flipping you're literally flipping have you ever have you ever hit the toe board in long jump such that your body feels like you're going to go into the sand oh i mean whenever i'm dunking you know for the free throw line sometimes i'll get in a bad position at takeoff and it's exactly what you just said you get your you know your torso gets above your your knees and your hips and everything and it just feels like you're going to literally flip over <laughs> yeah and eat shit and i think that that's why i'm pretty sure that's why off one foot we don't see the verticals like guys can't use it they don't know how because if you i think if what you were to do is you know let's say hypothetically guys could amortize or they they were coordinated enough to do it i think that they probably could but there's almost no one that is like you're a rare scenario where you're a speed jumper who high jumped and who can do what they do on the high jump apron on a basketball court, right? You can use a lot of your vertical on the basketball court. But I think when you get into those like, you know, similar speed jumpers like Mutaz or Gianmarco, I think is how you say his name, tam- Tambourine. I literally oh, think yep. they would eat shit. If they ran as fast as they could and planted, they would literally eat shit. And I don't think that they would be able to, they'd focus so much. They wouldn't be able to look at the ball and take off correctly because most high jumpers are not ball sport athletes. Like, you know what I mean? They exactly. play, they do track. There's no ball. And I think as soon as you put a ball into the equation, they can't motor map the same way that they do on a high jump apron, or it would take a lot, a lot of work. One guy that I have recent, I will say power jumpers, I think do it better. So it surprises me that you said that Jerome, Jerome Robinson, is that you said? Jerome, Rob, Jerome Robinson, correct. That he struggled to dunk because he's a power jumper off five steps. I would expect him to literally be able to get his chest to the rim on a pop-up. Like, but the fact that he can't dunk, I'm like, that makes no sense. Like, I mean, he can, he, he doesn't have a problem dunking per se, but right. It's not, it's just not, there's just high jumpers out there where, you know, I'm like, Hey man, let's go to the gym. You know, you'll see it. And I just, it's just not what you think it would be, you know? And I, I think you nailed it on the head though with the, with the power jumping. Cause like I said, the Ivan Ukov, crazy power jumper, crazy on a basketball court. Again, he's more than likely lacking the acrobatical scenario of it, but um, just crazy vertical lift. But now I, I think that goes into this, the biomechanics of the body as well. And this is another thing you can speak a lot more depthly on than me, but it's, you know, tendons versus muscular. Off two feet, Isaiah's using a little bit more muscular forces and I'm using, I mean, I'm assuming I'm just using more tendon. <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely different. Um, like, the way that I describe it to people is everyone's tendons are going to function like a different type of ball. Right. So like Isaiah's probably function like, you know, you're going to be like a golf ball on concrete, Jordy. 
Isaiah is going to function like a lacrosse ball on a track surface. You know what I mean? I'm going to be like a basketball on concrete, right? Like everyone has an ideal kind of like, like their, their takeoff mimics their tendon properties. And every time that you change the tendon property, like whether it's stiffer or softer, you're going to change what the muscle fascicle does. So in your case, your muscle probably functions more isometrically and it's just really fucking good at holding those positions. And when you're in a really strong leveraged position where you can produce a lot of force in an eighth squat, in a quarter squat, right? Like your tendon, if it stretches a little bit from all the momentum in your run up, like you don't have to be insanely strong, right? You're in a really leveraged position. So if your tendon can absorb and release that energy, like you're going to get a ton of lift, you know, and Isaiah's case, he can kind of do both like his Achilles, his patella, they're probably stretching, but I think at different points, right? Like he can produce a shit ton of force in a, in a half squat, like RFD mm-hmm. through the fucking roof. So when you pair his RFD in that position with the fact that his tendons are also augmenting that as well, right? Cause they're softer. Like he can stretch it more in that lower position because his muscles are literally strong enough to pull the tendon and and stretch it and store energy, right? So he's even though he's in a worse position in terms of le- in terms of leverage, his intramuscular tension is so freaking high that it doesn't matter. Like he's able to get both the benefit of his tendon, but also his muscles producing. And not that yours don't produce a lot of force because they will, but the contribution of each of those and how it happens, I think, is very different. Like. I would assume I would assume Isaiah's fascicles lengthen and shorten a lot, and I would assume that yours don't. I would assume yours don't move very far, but your tendon on the other side does move. But, and I mean, wouldn't you see that in the ground contact time itself? I mean, Isaiah's on the ground a much longer time than me. I, you, you just tell by watching videos, right? Yep, and that um, is to him because he can generate more impulse that way, right? It's like throwing a pitch for you, Jordy. It's like you're like. <laughs> I'm trying to, there's, there's not even an analogy. It's almost like whipping a lacrosse ball against one of the lacrosse ball balls. Like you're just like, <laughs> real quick. He's just right. like pitching. He's like throwing a pitch or a wind up. Like it's almost like he's taking the lacrosse stick back here and he's like, oh. and you guys get the same impulse. You get the same lift off the floor, but how you do it is like very, very different in terms of the intramuscular, like musculotendinous kind of mechanism behind it. So I think with power jumping, the reason I think that they can do it is A, they're on the ground longer. So I think when they plant their heel, they can break more effectively, right? Because they can stop themselves from flipping. I actually think that what happens is with a lot of power jumpers, you know, they mush their heel into the floor. Mm-hmm. It was like throw it right in there. Kind of kind of roll your foot laterally. Yeah. I think what happens is their like tibialis anterior is so strong that the breaking forces when they hit the ground like that, it gives them way more time, but it also stops rotation. So if you watch power jumpers, they generally don't generate great rotation. Generally speaking, not as well. You're 100% right, correct. Yep. So speed jumpers, I think, can pivot over their foot better because they don't have those braking forces and they don't need them. Like you function better without braking. You're better when you can <laughs> torpedo into the floor and then like <laughs> a bit. But what still doesn't make sense to me is I would think that off even a five, like, like Mikey Hoffer was like, I jumped six, six off a five step or a three step. I'm like, Dude, I can't jump six six off like my best day, maybe once ever in my life, you know. And I can only put my elbow in the rim. Like, literally, if you run a five step and someone lobs you the ball, you should be able to put both of your elbows in the rim. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me, especially because he's jumped seven two. You know what I mean? 
Like he's jumped 17. You should easily be able to do that. And it's just like the discrepancy. I'm sometimes. I, I like think that. At, that, at that point, it's like there has to be something going on where there's just it's like an adrenaline or like excitement, like because especially I, I would. For me, it's like John was saying, if I see a power jumper who's high jumping seven plus feet off a five step approach, that's like the ideal like carryover to dunking. That's Jordan Sutherland that you're you're getting Jordan Sutherland at that at that point. Um, and I think if it's not transferring over to the court, like I think it's like they're not warmed up or they just don't feel like dunking. Like they're not getting that adrenaline, that excitement. Because even take someone like. Uh, this is kind of a bad example, but someone freaky like Jordan Sutherland, if they don't feel like dunking, oh, he's not going to be jumping high. Like if he's not trying, you know what I mean? Uh, so I, I think that also plays plays a role into it. I mean, one of the things Isaiah said he wanted to do, and Jordy, let me know if you would ever be interested in this, is literally get like, what did you say? You wanted to get a bunch of high jumpers and was it do both of them or one? Of, I don't remember what you said. It's uh, I want to get... Basically all like high jumpers and then literally do like a, a vertex touch meet. Like that'd be cool. Like, that'd be fun yeah. to see. Well, it, it's and I'm not this is a weird it's going to sound weird coming specifically for me. Um, a lot of high jumpers specifically are not and I don't know how to say this, but they're, they, they're not athletic people. Like I know that that sounds bad me saying that. But a lot of just across the board, um, I mean, of course, you're elite high jumpers. Yes, we're all athletic as fuck. But whenever I say athletic, I mean all around athleticism, like transfer of sport. Right. So you got elite dunkers who are they grew up playing basketball, like what John is saying. You know, they grew up doing different sports. A lot of elite high jumpers, specifically the Europeans, they did one thing and they, they jumped. That's what they did. They were high jumpers. Um, so now, now you put them on a basketball court. They don't know how to manipulate their body. They don't know how to. They don't know how to dribble a ball properly, you know. Their shots weird, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, across the board, again, like you take you take a lot of high jumpers, and you know their, their standing vert isn't very impressive. Their forty yard dash, their hundred meter times, their running events typically across the board on average, high jumpers aren't that impressive. You know, their numbers aren't that freaky. But you know, you give them a little bit of speed, and then that's whenever you see right the the big big numbers and that's what we're good at versus sprinters i mean you it's rare to see a a a good you know 100 meters 60 meter sprinter under 40 inch standing vertical it's rare to see that um so yeah high high jump is just a it's it's a it's a weird event in itself but i i would say you know just growing up you know different athletes play different things and that's a big part of it because you know some i grew up playing basketball you know there's a lot of high jumpers who are better not a lot but there's a couple high jumpers in the united states who are better than me and they didn't grow up playing those sports um so when you put them on a on a basketball court they're not they're not very impressive it's it's interesting to see I, though i would also say that it's rare to see uh a high jumper a good high jumper that grew up playing basketball that can't dunk well like i, I don't think i've ever seen that i was gonna so, ask yeah i was gonna say jordy do you know any high jumpers who are nasty at basketball the only one I can think of is, I mean, elite high jumpers. The only one I can think of is Shelby McEwen. Um, and we, 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 yeah, no, I mean, he won, uh, all right, the Quay Parker. Um, I mean, yeah, the dude dunked from the free throw line in high school, you know. <laughs> uh, and he's a hooper. I think he had a choice to go to a small D1 for basketball, you know, but he chose 
just high jump, which I think was the correct decision. You know, he made USA team. He's, I mean, he's an Olympian, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Isaiah, I think that's a good point. You know, the high jumpers who grew up playing basketball, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're able to throw down. It's just a direct correlation. They grew up doing it. I think Vernon Turner as well. Like he, and I know you have to go Jordy, so we'll, we'll end this um, pretty quick, but I know Vernon Turner as well. He grew up playing basketball, like was a basketball player and then like kind of came up a track and then was like, Oh, I jumped seven ten in high school or whatever it was. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, a freak, man. Yeah. yeah what's great though is like his dunks are good. Don't get me wrong. Like he could reverse. I've one. never, I've never seen Vernon on a basketball court. I, so his high school coach, I know pretty well, and he was his basketball coach as well. And he's like, dude, Vernon can get his head to the rim. Like he can do reverse windmills. He can do like, I everything. believe it. Yeah. If you give that kid another five steps, apparently his vertical goes up eight inches. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, to jump, he jumps. So I think like, you know, if you look at Nick Ross, like Nick Ross is, you know, oh, he's wet. Like amazing. He, him was yeah, like he was coordinated, played like could play basketball, but also had like high jump levels of freakiness in terms of athleticism. Like he just mind blowing, you know what I mean? And like how good he actually was at all at both of those things. But you don't you don't see that super often, you know what I mean? Like Tony Crosby, one of the best dunkers right now, was a six 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 eight maybe I think. I mean he's five seven, but still like. Six eight, you know what I mean? But on the basketball court, dude, he can dunk the shit out of the ball. Off one, off two, he can do anything. <laughs> like, yeah. He's actually, he's actually five six. Five six. It's amazing. That's no, I mean, absolutely incredible. Keeping that in mind, his high jump is stupid. But you hear of five six guys jumping higher than that, even. You'll hear of five six guys jumping like into the sevens. You know what I mean? Like that's not unheard of. Like Yannick jumped. What did he jump? He's five seven, maybe five eight. I don't know. And he jumped. Seven four something like that, seven five. So you know, like Tony is good at high jump. He's great at dunking. You know, he can three sixty East Bay off one. And again, you don't see him struggle with kind of the things. First off, his hands are disgusting. Like his quarter is unreal. The second thing is he doesn't have the issues that you were talking about with like control and feeling off balance. But if you you watch jumpers like you, Briz, um. Who else is a speed jumper like like you guys that really hit the ground hard and jump high? I don't even know. It's in dunking. Um, it's just you two. Is it, I think it is just them two. What about uh, guy guy do? Oh, Jesus, I'm gonna murder it. I don't even <laughs> want to say it. He, he's not yeah. a, not a speed jumper. He's a power jumper. Oh, I haven't seen him for so long. That's the only other one foot dunker dunker I could think of. Uh, yeah, jumper. Nick's a power jumper. Tony's a power jumper. Smooth's a power jumper. Jared Worm, he's a power jumper. Jared Roth, Jared Roth. Oh yeah, Jared Roth, he's a speed jumper. He is, but how? And and Obi, Obi Chamberlain, both are. Jared Roth is probably the only one I've seen have insane, insane control in the air the way that like pro dunkers do. But I don't know if he jumps quite as high as you. I mean, I I I don't know. I don't want to say anything to piss anyone off. I don't know if he has <laughs> he has the same lift. Wait, who? Uh, Jared Roth? Yeah, I don't know what his vertical is. He he doesn't jump very high, in my opinion. So I think if like you look at just you two, and Obi doesn't jump as high as you guys uh, yet. I think he has potential to, but not yet. Um, it's, I so, think I think Jared Roth is like probably like low to mid forties, maybe. Yeah. I think in low forties, low forties. But his teams are unbelievable. Um, I, I think have a video of him right now. I've I, I've heard of him. I just haven't really seen him per se. 
He'd be a good person for you to study. If you want to learn trick dunks, he'd be a good person for you to study. Yeah. I actually would very much agree with that. Jordy, if you want to get good at trick dunks, watch more Jared Roth. Um, so, yeah, I think that those guys – I would say he probably does rotate a little bit, though. Like, I think he's at the verge of kind of getting to that point. But he also takes off a little bit differently than you do, Jordy. It's more like a push than it is like a deflection. Like, when you take off, Jordy, it looks like in the air from your penultimate step to your plant – your body turns into this straight line fucking pole and it just, I don't even know, it flies into the floor like a rail gun and then just, <laughs> and, and Jared doesn't look like he quite does that. Like you see a lot of deflection in your pelvis, like your whole pelvis goes like, you know what I mean? The other direction. It's like different. Briz does the same thing actually. Yeah. I'm watching him right now. I, he's not, he is on the ground. Yeah, he's definitely a speed jumper, 100. It's just, yeah, I know, I know, I see what Isaiah's saying, but yeah, he's a, yeah, freaky. I mean, he can do about everything. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of fun to watch. Anyways, I think that's a good place to to close this off. Jordy, thank you. I know we went 22 minutes over. You can bill us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, I'll send it. When are you gonna? The last question is, when are you gonna come dunk with us, dude? When are we gonna get to see the specimen that is Jordan Westman in person? The dunk camp, man. I'm cool with the dunk camp. Are you going this year? Yeah, if we can work out the details, yeah, that would be. Uh, I know we talked. We were talking about that previously. I know. Right? I didn't know you were down. I thought you had USA's. No, I'm not. I decided not to. I was going to compete in a couple meets outdoors. I just the weather up here and all that. Just never got to it, man. You're telling me if Andy's okay with it and we can get you here, or we can get you to Utah, you you would do it. A hundred percent. No, I'd love to, man. That would be, <laughs> be fun. That would be awesome. I'm gonna call Andy after this. <laughs> That'd, yeah, that would be a blast, man. I would love that. All right, well, Jordy, thank you for coming on. What's your What's your Instagram uh, handle? Jump, Jumpman underscore Westner. Jumpman underscore Westner. Thanks for coming on, Jordy. If you guys want to do the training that you see Isaiah and myself do and what Jordy did when we come from the free throw line, uh, you can go to thbstrength.com and sign up for training there. That's all I have. Peace out, guys. We'll catch you on the next episode. Yep, thanks, guys.